The following is a pre-recorded paid program. Any claims made during the program are strictly those of the advertiser. They do not reflect the views and are not guaranteed or warranted by Portland Radio Group or its parent company, Saga Communications Incorporated. This is Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty. Whether buying your first home, your next home, or upgrading your present home, everything you need to know is right here. Now on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Sell your home the easy way. Just remember Jeff M A T E J A. That's the Matea Group, and call them today. Man, coming into that uh, jingle every time always gets me. Great way to start the day. Welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Matea from Keller Williams Realty. I have my sidekick, Harrison Smith, here to my left. How you doing, Harrison? I'm good, good. Happy to be here. How you doing, Jeff? Very, very good. So uh, how was the week leading up to today? Well, it, it was uh, not as nice as the week before, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, the grass needed to be watered, right? Oh, and wash all that pollen off. I think my car was yellow there for a couple of days. Oh, yeah, and the decks and yeah, everything, Every, seems, everything else. Oh, man, and uh, yeah, helps not having to sneeze all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Lately yeah. too. Yeah, we went from pollen season back into rain season, but it's good. We needed it, and uh, yeah, it wasn't so bad to, to get a little, get a few days off here where we weren't running around crazy busy outside. So agreed, agreed. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my Airbnb is I I was just texted that someone just checked in, so uh, that's what I did all week. If you were wondering, <laughs> beautiful. Getting getting that ready. I, I I like to stay hands on uh, with at least one of the units. We have guardian represent the other yep. and uh, manage that, but I I like to just. Be in the app, meet some of the folks, and you know, communicate and just learn it. I really want to learn it before I hand it over. Yeah, um, so that's been fun. Well, and I think what's nice is that a lot of Airbnb people they buy Airbnb Airbnbs for the returns. There, it's a nice little model. Um, you know, you do it because you really actually enjoy it. You know, meeting the people, seeing them come in, having them experience Maine like it's a it's an experience, not just an investment. And I think that's pretty cool that it's you do do spend so much time on it. Yeah, and sell you know selling them on the area, make sure that they uh, come back and tell their friends. And uh, we've had some repeat guests, we've had some repeats of friends of friends, and and folks telling each other you know to come here and asking our input. Uh, so that's led to a lot of opportunity, and and I think in the future too, the folks that will come back and stay, yep. not just stay for the week, but stay in Scarborough or stay in, you know, the greater Portland area and maybe our team will represent them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's awesome to get a chance to, fe- uh, to really feature Maine in front of people and share what, you know, share the best kept secret. I think that we, we've had here for so many years that people are starting to see and really getting a chance to show them the, the, I, I call it the insider's guide to the area where we tell them, you know, the places we like to go, not necessarily <laughs> the places right? that get publicized, but there's also places that we like to go that are maybe not as visible to the average person. Oh yeah, I've always been a fan of the off the beaten path. I mean, you've got the tourist spots that are hot, and you want to make sure that people capture that. But there's also ones that uh, are lesser known, and people are just astonished by, oh, I never never knew about that. And then they tell all their friends and family, and that re- that's why we have some of those return visits. It's those kind of hidden gems, as we call them. Exactly. The, I love the off the beaten path places you call it. Those those are the best. So diving into uh, today's show, but first discussing and recapping uh, last. The state of the market show. We got a lot of great feedback. Uh, in fact, we ran into Matt Gagnon in the in the uh, hallway. Said that he loved the show. Listened to it last Sunday. So that yeah, was fantastic. It was a lot of fun for us. I hope the listeners found it fun to get an insider's view of the real estate market and took something away from it from the feedback we've gotten. It feels like they did. But as always, you know, if there's more questions that come out of that, we'd love to hear them. 
Um, and we will bring that show format back periodically just to keep people updated on what's really going on right now. Exactly. And then that, that reminder too is, you know, anytime you have a question or want to lead us into our, our next show and, and prepare us with questions, you can always call us on the Closer to Home helpline 207-331-5516. You can also text us and email at closer to home at portlandradiogroup.com. Yep. And we do also share a lot of, we share a lot of good information and things around the area too on our, our social media, uh, the Matei group on Instagram or the Matei group at Kelly Williams Realty on Facebook. Uh, certainly follow us there. We got a lot going on. Uh, and a lot of things that we're sharing on a consistent basis. Yeah, and we've interacted with a few listeners as well on jeffsellsmain.com where they've registered to look at properties. Just you know, text through that and uh, learn more about what we do and how we can help answer questions. Yeah, and not just real estate questions. Ask us if, if you're looking for vendors or you know, ref, uh, recommendations of places to go in the area, or you're going to be traveling here from afar, and or you got family coming. We love to we love to help. Uh, as we mentioned before, kind of help people experience Maine. Yeah. And so today we have our guest, Jeff Lee from Farmers Insurance, after tremendous feedback from the last time he was on the show. So it's always great to have a repeat guest. We didn't get to answer all the questions that you had for him. We'll answer some of those frequently asked questions. We'll f- fall into the, our tip of the week, as always, related to insurance, and then talk about local events again happening uh, this weekend and into the, the following week. Yeah. We get a lot of questions about insurance just on a day-to-day basis from either either clients we're working with, people on our team, people we know in the, in the community. And Having a resource like Jeff is so is so good for us uh, because he'll answer anybody's questions. You're listening to Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. All right, so let's let's dive into the state of the market show and just run through some of the big takeaways there. That if if you missed the show, you know we'll recap it right now. If you did miss the show uh, and you want to go and listen to the entire show, you can certainly find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so really the, the, the leading indicator, the highlight of the show was that mortgage rates have climbed, uh, but they seem to be stabilizing. We've actually seen them dip a little bit at, from time to time, depending on you know what, what happens in the, uh, the world and the news, you know, news front, stock market, et cetera. Yep. And I think one of the things we've talked about, maybe not on the last show, but on prior shows, is that you know, uh, when it comes to interest rates, it's kind of a guessing game. You know, they're going to raise them and they're going to stand back and see what happens. And then if it doesn't do what they want, they'll raise them again and stand back and see what happens. It's it's a bit of a, a guessing game, kind of a feeling your way through the process, and that's where that's what we're seeing right now. They they went up at such a rapid pace, and and now things are are kind of settling in a little bit. So they're letting them run for a little bit here. But it's important to understand that it's not necessarily a linear game with rates. It is kind of a it's a guess and check, and and they're going to let things happen, see what, read the data, see what happens, and determine if they need to go further or if they found the sweet spot. Well, and I get it that some folks were probably shell shocked. They weren't expecting yeah. this, and so so uh, quickly. Um, yet this this had to happen. I mean, rates were just we were we were teased with such low rates for some some time. I mean, for years, and uh, to go back, you know, two thousand four, two thousand five, interest rates were seven percent. I mean, we're talking the thirty year average is seven point eight five. Still cheap money yeah. at five five and a half for a thirty year note. Um, you know, if you can adjust that a little bit or pay down points. You can get the rate lower. Obviously, talk to your local lender about that. Exactly. You know, rates are still good. Exactly. And rates have been low for a long time. You know, as coming out of 2008, they brought rates down to bring the market back. They left them low for a while. And then heading into COVID, really, when there was real concerns with the economy, they let the rates drift even lower. And then to points where, honestly, it wasn't sustainable to lend money at 2.5% when, you know, inflation on average is 25 or 3%. You know, it's it's really free money at that point. And uh, it did what it needed to do at the time, and it, it stabilized the economy through a difficult period and actually helped some growth, but you can't do that forever. 
Yeah. And so, you know, the market slowed and we heard that from our guests yet. It's not, it's not significantly slowed down. It's not come to a halt. Uh, so don't, you know, the, the sky is not falling. Uh, the business is still steady. Uh, inventory is coming back. So we're seeing a little bit of that. You know, you've bumped into rates mm-hmm. going up and inventory going up. So demand is still there. It's just not at a red hot pace that it was, you know, six, nine, 10, 12 months ago. Yeah. You're going from, you know, 10 offers to five on a place, but it's, it's still, there's still a lot of activity, still buyers in the market. Maybe some have taken a bit of a breather, but, um, it's it's not it's not the crash that some of the media wants you to believe we're heading into. Like this is not a market that's crashing. This is just a market that's kind of finding where it's going to rest. Yeah, and, and there's some negotiation going on. So yep. rightfully so, some buyers that are had waited are saying, well, you know, now I I have an opportunity and kind of I'm going to at least ask. Let's see what can happen. Yeah, and then and Jeff, you know, in all your years of real estate, you've been through you know a bad crash and really a a period of growth like you've never seen. I mean, I think the advice to clients is pretty consistent that. If you need to move, you know, you're going to move. Like you're going to have to make a move. Right. You're not going to time the market. Uh, we'd, we'd love to, you know, look back. Hindsight's 2020 and say, well, we, that was perfect. We never know. You know, you right. just work with what you need, your wants and needs, and is the time right for you and act. Yep. You, it, you're not, not going to play the market to, you, you might miss out if right. you think you're going to wait. Right. And we remind our agents all the, all the time that closings happen every day. Good market, bad market, soft market, strong market. You know, buying and selling is going to happen. If you need to buy a home or sell a home, it's going to happen. Uh, the market's in really good condition. It's still a good market to be buying in and selling in. Uh, it's just a little bit different than it was a few months ago. Yeah. Now, and, and I was talking to Kat the other day, our listing agent that was on Kat Azimi, who was on our show last. Sellers are experiencing some price, dis, you know, mm-hmm. reduction talk, and some of that is just really going to the market maybe a little higher than they should have, thinking it was that six months ago, the market was hot. It's not as hot. And demand is is down slightly because inventory is just up. It's really the supply is starting to catch right. uh, that, but we're still in a seller's market, so don't you know? Again, the sky's not falling. Right, right. This, mm-hmm. the, the market has not shifted that much overnight, and and also you know we get a lot of people that come to us that are looking at a as estimate or some sort of automated value thing they see online, and you know our our joke is always you know the A and Zillow stands for accuracy. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's it's a tool, but you know we're not pricing properties as agents based on what Zillow says or basing it on what the actual market says. And that's going to be far better data than you get online. Exactly. Exactly. And then it was great to hear from uh, Donna that buyers are getting creative. Uh, they're being strategic and excellent as always communication, 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 picking up the phone and speaking to your agent and your agent speaking to the listing side to see, well, what does the seller want? What is the seller looking for? Maybe it prices obviously important, but maybe it's a move out date. Maybe it's some other factor of what, you know, other clauses in the contract. And it really just, the communication is key as with everything. Right. And in this technology world, it's so easy to send an email or just shoot somebody a quick text message. But the problem is like that, that doesn't allow for a lot of conversation. It doesn't allow for people to read tone and understand what's important. You know, that, that one-on-one phone conversation, face-to-face conversation is still always going to be the best way to work through anything because you actually can pick up on body language and tone where, you know, text and emails, the, the message is lost. Right, right. And while I, um, you know, I can't knock it because I wish it was here six, 12 months ago, Cash to Keys oh, has yeah. been phenomenal yes. uh, to get some of those buyers that, you know, they have pretty good credit. Uh, they can act now and the lender using private equity can actually purchase the home for them in the background while closing a loan, getting through the appraisal process. So essentially you're a cash buyer. It's just like... Uh, Corey had talked about or joked that, you know, your, your rich uncle is buying your home yeah. for you. Uh, and on the back end, you're just going to uh, close the loan out 
um, at a very low cost. Yeah, which is which is great because really it's it's a lender that's identifying a need in the marketplace for uh, borrowers to be a little bit more competitive. Because as as Corey mentioned in the last show, you know when you're going into a true cash offer, no inspections, no appraisals, like that that is like the highest form of offer you can get to. And if you're comparing that to traditional financing, it's tough. But this is helping bridge that gap. Excellent. Well, that was a great first segment. You are listening to Closer at Home on News Radio WGAN. We'll be right back with Jeff Lee from Farmers Insurance. Have a question about real estate or home improvement? Call the 24-hour Closer to Home helpline at 207-331-5516. Now back to Closer to Home, Maine's real estate radio, with your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea of the Matea Group at Keller Williams Realty on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Closer to Home means Real Estate Radio. We've got uh, another guest in store. Yeah, really excited to bring our guest back here. Um, as we're talking today, if you if you think of questions you might have, you know, always you can reach us at 207-331-5516. You can call or text. Email anytime, close at home at portlandradiogroup.com. Um, we'll be happy to answer all your questions. And if we can't answer it, we can definitely get uh, some of our experts involved and have them answer your question. Uh, and then without further ado, we'd love to welcome back to the show, Jeff Lee. Thank you, guys. Good to have you back. Good to be here. So we, we had you on the show here a few months ago. You know, Farmers was new. Uh, you were kind of just opening up your own your own agency. Uh, how's everything going? Things are going great. Uh, we are off to a good start. We're the first uh, scratch farmers agency in Maine. Uh, that means it started from scratch. Uh, they've rebranded a couple others that they acquired, but we are the first uh, to really like hit the ground running and uh, build out the brand here in New England. Uh, things are going great. My shop was actually the um, uh, the number one producer in uh, the month of May for wow. New England. So that includes Mass, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, here Unreal. in little old Maine. That's so terrific. Congratulations. Couldn't be off to a better start. Thanks, guys. That's right. awesome. And sounds like you're uh, opening up an office soon. We are. Um, Moved along pretty quickly, considering how uh, building times are lately. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad for that. Uh, it's going to be at 650 Main Street in South Portland. Uh, should be in there just, uh, I think, the week after next. That's awesome. That's great. Good storefront, too, right? You know, traveling on, on Route 1 there. So that's great. We'll have to stop in and say hello. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what uh, what did you like about Farmers that drew you to the agency? Um. Well, it's a long story, but I actually started my career with farmers out west um, 12 years ago. Um, they didn't have much of a presence east of the Mississippi when I came to Maine about a decade ago, um, but are now breaking into the New England market. I've always liked that carrier. Um, I started my career with them, like I said. And what really drew me to them in their current state is um, the rates. The rates are incredibly low mm. for the same kind of insurance that's being offered by other major carriers. I'm wow. seeing rates in Maine are about maybe 25% lower on average than the rest of the market. Wow. Um, no kidding. Wow. Which I love. I mean, we make our money based on premium, but if you can close more sales, obviously, uh, you know, a slightly lower premium, I'll, I'll take it. Exactly. It's, easy, it's yeah. easier to close sales. It's easy. It's better for the consumer. Um I really like transacting business with uh, consumers in Maine. Um, 
Price is obviously not the most important thing in insurance, but if I can offer somebody a great product for 20, 25% less than my competitors, that's sure. a, that's oh, a that's no brainer. Excellent. excellent. And um, Farmers has a great appetite for commercial insurance as well, which a lot of other big big name carriers do not have. Okay. So but, what are some of the com common policies that people need or have or should have? Well, uh, if you drive a car, you definitely need car insurance. Uh, if you own a home, you absolutely need home insurance. Um, in Maine, uh, we have a lot of specialty vehicles, toys, boats, ATVs, you know, dirt bikes. Um, and a lot of folks opt to not insure those because you know, they don't think it's worth it. mm. enough money to insure or they don't want to pay the premiums on it. But obviously I'm biased, but I say uh, you should insure everything because you never know when you're going to suffer a loss. You know, I've had people come to me before. You know, they bought a boat. I, I insure their home, their auto. They buy a boat. It's not a you know super fancy expensive boat, but you know a few grand. They decide not to insure it, and the same person comes back to me a year later and has suffered a loss and is just out that money. Oh, you know, yes. it's, it's not yeah. a life changing amount right. of money, but premiums are based also on the uh, the value of something. So to insure that boat would have been a drop in the bucket compared to being out a few grand. Well, and and really most of your coverages too. It's not just the item you're insuring, right? It's it's the potential damage you could cause with that item too, right? That's your biggest exposure, especially these days with how litigious our society is, is lawsuits. Uh, so that same person, you know, out on the water who doesn't have uh, liability insurance, if they run into another boat, uh, injure somebody, you're out of luck on that. You're not going to be covered by your liability on your auto or your home insurance. So, yeah, it's imperative that you that you insure every risk that you that you have. Yeah, and that's actually a great lesson I just learned recently. I just moved my insurance over to farmers because the rates are so good. Um, and what I actually found is that my old insurance was I could I was arguably undercovered in some areas for what I what I might have needed. Um, I ended up spending less on the insurance with farmers, and I got more coverage, which I actually probably needed all along. But along those same lines, I learned that lesson. But what are some of the common areas that people or you find people are undercovered? Well, that's a great question, Harrison, because like it, and your your case is a perfect example. Um, it's not any company or agent's fault. Uh, that building materials have gone up incredibly in the last couple of years. This is what I'm saying to everybody I talk to right now, and it's incredibly important. Um, if you haven't had your uh, home insurance reviewed in the last couple of years, I would, you know, I, I would, I would urge anybody to do that. Contact your company, contact your agent, because uh, policies generally have a three or four percent inflation guard built in for building materials and labor costs. Um, as you guys know, being from the real estate industry, three or four percent isn't doesn't even come close to covering no. the inflation of the last couple of years for right. building costs and materials. Yep. So um, there are provisions that policies can have included for like extended replacement or guaranteed rebuild um, so that it, it will cover your house even with like the higher inflation. But if you haven't, if your agent hasn't added that to your policy, it doesn't come standard with policies. So what I'm saying is you should, you should review your, uh, your insurance with your agent. Have a question about real estate or home insurance? Call the 24 hour close to home helpline at 207-331-5516. You were saying Jeff? Yeah, that's, that's the big uh, glaring one right now for being underinsured is um, again, no fault of an agent or a company, but uh just because of the way building materials have gone up in cost so much lately, most homes are probably not insured properly unless they have specific endorsements on them to cover 
even further over the policy limit for a rebuild cost. And if I can plug farmers, we are the only company that has a guaranteed rebuild endorsement, which means if I insure your house for 300000 and for some reason building materials get incredibly expensive and it costs 400000 to rebuild, uh, farmers will go up to that limit no matter how much it costs, uh, as much as necessary, to rebuild your house the same way same quality, same size, everything. Wow, that's only excellent. company that still offers that. No kidding, amazing. That's great. So you had mentioned earlier about uh, you have a home insured, you have a car insured, you don't have your boat insured. Well, I see a question here: is can you discuss umbrella policies? Would would you still have to get a boat policy before getting an umbrella? Tell me more about that. And you wouldn't have to, but again, I would recommend in that in that client's <clears throat> case, I would insure the boat and insure the umbrella. You can carry an umbrella policy without carrying underlying policies on, say, a boat, for example. But if you get into a liability claim in your boat, the umbrella is not going to cover it because it's not listed on the policy. Got it. Got it. Um, so for the listeners that don't understand basic umbrella policy. An umbrella policy extends uh, usually a million dollars. It can go up to 10 million. Um, but usually typically for the average person, they need about a million dollars of extended liability coverage. It puts, um, that coverage of a million dollars of liability on top of your existing coverages. So imagine just, you know, like an umbrella, it covers everything else. Um, so really if, if, if claims kind of overflow beyond what you're policies in place cover now all of a sudden the umbrella kicks in and takes over exactly so most underlying policies will typically have either three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand for liability an umbrella policy adds on top of that for any overflow which i mean those numbers get large we think how could that possibly happen but it happens all the time so who should have an umbrella policy there's a pretty nice equation for that so if you're listing at home uh you want to add up the amount you have in savings and investments, the amount you have of equity and property, and then the third one gets slightly more complicated. Uh, it's 25% of your annual income up to age 65, and that can be a fairly large number because in Maine, if you don't have enough coverage after a bad accident, they can go after those three things You're in that order, your liquid assets, equity, so your property. And then finally, your income. In the state of Maine, they can garnish your income 25% annually until your retirement age at 65. So wow. you want to add up those three things. Perfect. Well, we'll be right back. You're listening to Closer to Home Maine's Real Estate Radio. Missed an episode of Closer to Home, Maine's Real Estate Radio? Visit WGAN.com for our past and future episodes. Here's your host and real estate expert, Jeff Matea, on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560, WGAN. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Back in the house here, Jeff Matea, my sidekick, Harrison Smith. We have Jeff Lee from Farmers Insurance. Jeff, you were just finishing up about the equation related to umbrella policies. And I had to cut you off there to go to break. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, and you can use this equation for basically your entire risk profile. Any, any consumer basically has this much to lose in a, in an accident. It's your amount of savings and investments, equity and property, 25% of your income up to age 65, add those three numbers up. The total is what you have to lose in a bad accident. 
subtract from that whatever you have on your underlying policies for liability, which is typically 500000 the number you're left with is what you need an umbrella for because that's what could be taken from you in a bad enough accident if a personal injury attorney goes after everything you're worth. So uh, that's what you want your umbrella to cover. It's usually for most consumers, it's a million dollars or less. Uh, so they just need a $1 million umbrella, which you wouldn't expect it only costs roughly 15 to 20 bucks a month. Wow. Yeah, incredibly affordable coverage. Yeah. So so very. It's, it's the most coverage for the least premium that you can get in the insurance world. Yeah, and, and for those people that were listening that maybe didn't catch the exact formula, we'll make sure we share that on our social media, the Matei Group on Instagram, Matei Group at Kelly Williams Realty uh, on Facebook, uh, and then always, you know, Jeff can take a question if you if you want to walk through your actual actual situation here when it comes to umbrella policies. So another another area we find a lot of questions on is short-term rentals. As we were talking about, uh, we came on the show with Jeff, you know, his short-term rentals. We find a lot of folks don't fully understand the risks of short-term rentals and are sometimes surprised by that, Jeff. Uh, what, what do you find? The same thing. Um, and a lot of companies are still catching up to the whole business of short-term rentals. Insurance companies haven't quite made that a standard coverage. Um, and it's tough to do the math on for what the risk is because you know, if you own your home and you occupy it, obviously you have a vested interest in making sure the property is well-maintained. Even if you rent a home full-time, uh, that's still your home and you have a vested interest in making sure that it's not damaged, there's nothing leaking. Um, when you've got the same house with 30 or 40 groups of people coming in throughout the year, they don't have that same sort of interest in making sure the property is well-maintained. Right. They might not even notice uh, if they're using it just as essentially, you know, a place to sleep and then go out and have fun during the day. Mm -hmm. um, so insurance companies have to rate those risks much, much higher. Um, or a lot of them won't even touch it at all still. Um, I see that changing in the coming years. I think more and more companies will accept short-term rentals. The premiums are going to be higher to cover the risk involved. But um, right now, um, you absolutely want to make sure that if you are doing short-term rentals, you either have a provision on your policy or you have a policy written specifically for it. Because the sad truth of insurance is that if a claims adjuster has a reason to deny a claim, they will. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not being mean. It's just business. Um, and if you have a home that you're paying a low premium for, but you're doing short-term rentals out of, and your company's not aware of that, if something happens to that house and they, they find out that you've been doing short-term rentals, they will absolutely not pay that claim out. So are you seeing that uh, like Airbnb offers coverage? Is that uh, not enough or is that just that's kind of standard like if the house burns down? Airbnb offers uh, some liability coverage, I believe. Uh, from what I understand, it's pretty stripped down. Um, and I don't believe it covers like damage to extensive damage to the structure itself. Got it. Got gotcha. It. Okay. So always run that by your insurance carrier. Uh, run that by Jeff. Ask questions and uh, make sure that your insurance carrier is aware what you're doing uh, so that you can do that. You're listening to Closer to Home means real estate radio on News Radio 98.5 FM and AM 560 WGAN. So uh, Jeff Matei here just put a pool into his house. Is, is that going to increase his insurance? It shouldn't. Um, carriers that I've worked with currently and in the past uh, are going to want to see that uh, safety measures are in place. So if you have a pool, they'll want to see either a fence around the deck or a fence around the yard, just so a random person can't wander in and fall into the pool. Um, but they don't charge more premium for that. Okay. So really it's about 
It's about, you know, mitigating the chances of a problem, not necessarily paying more for the insurance. Exactly. They don't need to charge you more for it. They just want to make sure there's not going to be a, you know, a horrendous claim. Is that also true for a hot tub or a trampoline? Hot tub, I don't there I haven't never I haven't ever seen any specific insurance provisions around a hot tub. It's small, it's very low risk, and a hot tub actually is considered personal property because mm. it's not uh, oh, not permanent. It's yeah. not part of like Got the structure it. itself. It. Uh, so that's covered under your personal property, same as you know, your clothes or your appliances or your furniture are. Um, trampoline, same thing as a pool. They're not gonna charge you more money for it, but they wanna see that safety net around it that you can get. Uh, they just want to make sure there's not going to be a liability claim. But again, okay. let your let your insurance agent know that you have one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Run run any of these things by your specific agent, and they should be able to direct you on what measures you need to take. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the personal property thing, because that's a question that we hear quite often, too, which is, you know, I have collectibles, I have antiques, I have jewelry, um, you know, wedding rings. I know that's a big thing. You've got, you've got wedding rings. What, what kind of coverage, I guess, typically are would be in place for those items. And do you often find people need more? So every home insurance policy from any company has a limit on certain items, like exactly the ones you mentioned, antiques, fine art, firearms. That's a big one in Maine, mm. jewelry. Um, that limit is typically two grand or so. So if you have items that are worth more than that, you'll want to do uh, what's called scheduling. You want to schedule those on your policy where they have specific stated values. So if you've got, you know, a wedding ring that's $10,000, you know, the $2,000 limit that's standard on your policy Mm -hmm. is not going to cover that. So you'll want to talk to your agent, let them know uh, that you have this ring that's worth $10,000 and they put that onto a policy with its own value that's outside of your your lump sum for personal property. In this case, it would be $10,000 for that ring specifically. They'll want to see an appraisal or some kind of valuation to put on file too, just to uh, make sure everything is uh, on paper. Now, would that also be true for things like furniture, TVs, computers, or, or is there separate coverage for those items? Those generally fall under your, your sort of lump limit for personal property. Um, they're subject to a deductible, but they don't... Um, they don't have to be scheduled separately, things like furniture or appliances. Well, just a question there, though, with things costing more and you know some of these appliances, some of these pieces of furniture, thousands and thousands of dollars, do you inventory them? Is it good to take pictures, video, show that I have what I have in my home? That's a great question, Jeff. It's not necessary, but it's not necessary for the company, but for your own purposes, uh, I absolutely recommend that. They did a study some years ago where they polled, you know, they took 100 homeowners and said, theoretically, you just lost everything you own. Give me a list to submit an insurance claim. People on average get about 70% of their stuff just because it's hard to remember all the stuff that we right. own, you know, in nooks and crannies and corners of the basement. Right. I couldn't do it right no, now. No, no way. So what I always recommend folks do is stand in the doorway of each room of your house, snap a picture. Save it somewhere that's not just on a device in case it gets lost in a fire or something. Mm -hmm. Save it somewhere in the cloud. That way you've got a sort of mental inventory, like it just jogs your memory when you look at each room of like what exactly is in there. That's a good, easy way of keeping a sort of record that you can go back to if you happen to, you know, God forbid, you lose everything one night. Like you can go back to those pictures and sort of recreate the layout of your house and all the stuff that was in it. Awesome. And then real quick for as we're wrapping up this segment, Jeff, um, Farmers also does commercial, which a lot of your other agencies don't. Can you elaborate a little bit on what some of those common commercial items might be? Uh, well, in Maine specifically, we have a lot of small businesses. We got a lot of contractors. Um, 
Farmers has a great appetite for commercial insurance. Um, other large name carriers sort of shy away from that and leave the commercial brokers to it. Uh, Farmers loves that. So um, oh, nice. that's one of the reasons that I came over as well, like that, that um, open sort of appetite for commercial business. Yeah, awesome. And then can you remind folks, if, they, if they've got some questions along the way here, how they might be able to contact you? Absolutely. I can be reached at 207 210 uh, If you'd like to send me an email, it's jlee18, that's J-L-E-E-1-8, at farmersagent.com. Awesome. And then so we've got a tip of the week coming up for everybody in this next segment focused on insurance and financial planning. Uh, would love to have you stick around, Jeff, and take us through that. Awesome. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening. It's always great to see Harrison lip sync that uh, in studio. <laughs> I'm such a good lip syncer. Uh, Millie Vanilli's got nothing on me. That's right. <laughs> Blame it on the rain. <laughs> so we have uh, we're back for our tip of the week, and uh, it's really important. I mean, this is something I, I firmly believe in. Uh, insurance. We talk about this all the yeah. time. Just make sure that you're fully insured and consulting with your uh, insurance agent, just keeping them updated on what you're up to, what you're doing. Exactly. And protecting you and your family. Exactly. And our, our tip of the week is, as Jeff mentioned, you, you should be consulting your insurance agent on some frequency. I don't know if that's every six months, once a year, whatever that frequency needs to be based on how your life changes. Um, but really, Jeff, can you elaborate on, you know, why is it so important that your that insurance is really part of your, your plan versus just an item that you buy because you feel like you have to have it? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's risk mitigation um, in its purest form. Like you don't want to work so hard building wealth only to lose it because of something that's completely out of your control, which I've absolutely seen happen. Um, I had a longtime client who um, owned rental buildings, um, did a very good amount of business that way, made a great amount of money. I talked to him about having an umbrella. It must have been a dozen times over the course of like three or four years. Um, as he was adding more and more of these rental buildings too to his portfolio, like the risk only goes up. So right. I told him like, we really, really need to put extra liability coverage on this as you add more and more units of rental exposure. He quibbled about the price as people do with mm -hmm. insurance. I understand, you know, you don't want to pay money for something that's intangible. It's only the promise of, you know, taking care of you if something goes wrong. Um, it's tough for people to pony up sometimes for that, especially if you own a ton of rental buildings. That umbrella was not a cheap policy. Right. Unfortunately, he did suffer a loss, a major liability loss, did not have enough uh, in his underlying policies to cover it. And um, he has lost all of those rental properties in pay, like in order to pay back uh, money he owed from that liability, that oh, huge geez. liability loss. Wow. wow. So he, you know, he, that, that erased his last 20 years of work essentially. Yeah. It's a painful lesson. It's, it's awful. I hate to see it. Um, and that's what makes insurance tough sometimes at the point of sale. Everybody cares about how much the premium is when you suffer a loss. No one cares about how much money they've been paying. Yeah. And we talked to Kerry Kimball about title insurance under, and under the same kind of general idea of it's that one item that you hopefully never need, but when you need it, you need it. And it needs to be right. That's what I tell all of my clients, especially with umbrella coverage. I tell them, I hope you don't have to use this, 
But if you're if you are that person that needs an umbrella today, like you're going to be very happy you had this. Yeah, and I'm exactly. glad you brought up the rental property piece because we hear a lot of people say, "Well, I put them in LLCs, I'm fine." <laughs> <laughs> and and you laugh, Jeff. So can you elaborate? Well, I mean, I I know like from my own experience, I, I know some you know personal injury attorneys. They laugh at that that at statements like that. They can cut through those like a hot knife through butter. You need an umbrella policy. That's how you're going to really sleep safest at night. Yeah, we can get cute and fancy with legal structures and entities right. and all that stuff, but ultimately, the only thing that's actually going to pay out when things go bad is the insurance. And I, and it, usually it'll make it faster too. When hmm. a personal injury attorney uh, sees that an umbrella policy is in play, they'll usually just put a claim in that and not even take it to court. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, to if, know. if they know that an umbrella can just pay out, it's something called a one shot. They'll just take the maximum of the umbrella. Everybody washes their hands and calls it a day, and you're done. Wow, so, so it's almost like a defense mechanism, too. So, yep. if an, so if an individual owns multiple LLCs, they take out an umbrella policy as themselves and name the LLC, or yep, you can do that. Each LLC gets an umbrella. No, actually, you can, you can take out with the right carrier. Uh, these policies do exist where you can take out an umbrella in your own name, and you can list all of your LLCs on it as additional insurance. That's Excellent. great. Good so to know. One well, policy covering everything. That's beautiful. I'll it also, is. yeah, I'll also be calling you later about yeah. that <laughs> just, to make, just to make sure. Yeah. But yeah. so, so to really to round off the tip of the week, you know, consult your insurance agent, you know, at whatever frequency you need to, because your needs do change over time. Life changes. Uh, values a, annually should be every year, okay. no more than every two years. Okay. That's good. That's good. A good rule of thumb there. Values change. As you mentioned with homes, you know, we need to make sure that we've got the right values because Things have certainly changed dramatically, and a 4% escalator is not the 30% increase we've seen across the board. Um, and then also having a financial plan that insurance is part of. It's not just something that you do. It's actually part of your overall plan. And that's why I love the formula that you had to really, you know, you're not just picking a random number for your, for your coverage. You actually know what your exposure might be. Right. That's, that's what beautiful. I do with all my clients. So, again, so if people have questions, they want to talk about their insurance or, or how it fits into their overall plan, uh, how do they get in touch with you? Call me at 207-210-8909 or email me at jlee18 at farmersagent.com. Well, thanks so much for coming back on the show, Jeff. Thank you guys for having me. Always great information. Thanks again, Jeff. So we'll head into our Around Town segment here with Harrison. But first, if you have a question about real estate, home improvement, or you know another question for Jeff related to home insurance, any insurance at all, you can call the 24-hour Closer to Home helpline at 207-331-5516. It's also text-friendly. Absolutely. And like Jeff said, any question, anything even remotely real estate related, you know, we're happy to answer or we'll find somebody who can answer it for you. Absolutely. So we have, uh, I see first on the list, pick your own strawberries at Pineland Farms starts June 18th. It, coming it, right up. it is coming up on strawberry season, which I don't know about you, but my kids could eat the entire field while they're out there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with them. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we, we always make sure when we go to the local farms that whatever they say we owe, we always add like 20 or 30% to because I know we ate some in the field. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, if any of those farmers are listening, yeah, they should probably weigh me and the vehicle before yeah. we, uh, you know, fill the fill the back because they probably you know leave with like five or ten pounds of strawberries. Yeah, yeah. There's consumed. nothing. Yeah, there's nothing better than than picking fresh <laughs> strawberries or fresh blueberries in Maine. Like you, you go from you summer strawberries, you get into the fall. It's blueberries. Those are awesome seasons to absolutely, be out. Absolutely, you just put on that sunscreen, head to the fields, spend a few hours. Of oh. course. Kids are a little younger, so we don't last that long. No. But I, I could, I could do it all day. Absolutely, for sure. Um, so yeah, so it's nice to see strawberry season back, in, back uh, in full force here, uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then also another 
favorite local place here is uh, Funtown. So Funtown is open on weekends, has been for the last week or two, uh, and their hours are expanding here in a couple weeks back into, into a more normal summer schedule. So obviously 2020 closed, 2021 a very reduced schedule. Uh, 2022 is looking like a more normal season for Funtown Splashtown, which really is such a great area attraction. There's so few areas that can claim to have a, a park like that that's that easy to access. Uh, so it's it's a great it's a great Wonderful. thing for us. Yeah, it's great. And then we have a lot of live events coming uh, and happening at local venues, restaurants, and parks. Specifically, the Clam Bake in Scarborough has Bob Marley coming in June. Thompson's Point has concerts throughout June. I actually have some Airbnb Airbnb guests checking in uh, that are coming to uh, see a show. They oh, awesome. specifically said that that's why they're uh, using our our spot to uh, cool. to settle in. And uh, you know a lot about Throttle Car Club with their car shows being right in Scarborough Downs. Yeah, so Throttle Car Club in the Downs has got, a, a, I think it's at least two car shows coming in June. Um, really cool facility if you've never seen it. They do they do um, um, like vintage work on older cars. They do you know oil changes and all that stuff too. They've got great meeting spaces, a full bar, uh, and then a lot of space where they can do things like car shows. It's really, it's really a place for car enthusiasts to hang out. Yeah, talk um, shop and just yeah. hang out. Very cool location. While you're there, you can take a peek at what's going on with the Downs, which is really a uh, transformational project for Southern Maine and Scarborough in particular. Yeah, awesome concepts. Well, tell us to farmers markets. I, I I go up and down Route One and see a handful of them. Uh, you know, downtown Portland, or sorry, the, the one right there in the um, uh, the Deering Oaks, Deering Oaks oh, Park yeah. too. Yep. And then there's the you know right at uh, you know One City Center area. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where we've got all these great farmers markets. You you've got you, you know you've got Scarborough, Portland. Uh, Biddeford Saco, like they all have these farmers markets going on. They don't get a lot of publicity or press that they're happening. Uh, but generally on Saturdays or Sunday mornings, you're going to find these farmer markets, farmers markets popping up, which is a great chance to support some of our local artisans, craftspeople, uh, farmers that are bringing in things like meat, vegetables, various produce. Um, sometimes you even find some cool crafts and other sort of like household type goods. Um, but it's a great way to really see what goes on in the local main community for um, the various crafts and uh, and support some local businesses, which is yeah, great, and, and just be social, get out, enjoy our weather while we have it, and, and get to meet some new people. Yeah, and I run into so many people there that I know and and have met along the way, and it's just it's it's just such a cool place to go. Absolutely, hang out. absolutely. So we'd encourage our listeners, you know, and then our, our state guests to you know stop by your local farmers market; they're awesome. Yeah, and if you're somebody who might be a farmer or a craftsperson, you know, maybe you should be looking into farmers markets and see if you can get a table and and actually be part of them because they are they do attract a lot of traffic and it's a great experience. So tell me about Family Fun Day at Fort Williams, also on June 18th. Yeah, so a lot of stuff going on here June 18th, but we do have a Family Fun Day at Fort Williams. Um, it, there's all kinds of uh, events, activities, a parade, uh, just a, a nice kind of community gathering uh, on the 18th at Fort Williams. Hopefully good weather. If not, the rain date's the day after. But uh, just a, a nice chance to really get out in an area like Fort Williams, which is beautiful to visit. Um, and have some fun. You know, you're not just going to go there to have a picnic and fly a kite. You're going to be able to actually, you know, play some games, bounce houses, parades, all kinds of fun stuff. Love it. Love it. And then Shrek the Musical at the Lyric Theater in South Portland. Yeah. I actually didn't realize this was going on. I, I saw the, uh, I saw the listing for it and I thought, wow, that would actually be a lot of fun to check it out. My kids love the movie Shrek. And, um, so yeah, so Lyric Theater's got Shrek the Musical in South Portland. It looks like it goes through, uh, through the rest of the month. Um, uh, but that, that looks like it could be a very fun show. And if you and if you haven't been to the theater, or maybe your kids haven't been to the theater, I was surprised. My kids loved the theater when we went to a couple of plays. Uh, it's a it's a great experience, something different. It's not a movie; they're not staring at a screen. Right. Uh, it's a nice way to mix things up a little bit. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and exposing them to the arts is is fantastic. It it just expands their minds. 
Uh, speaking of that, uh, Pride Festival in Portland on June 18th. I mean, we've got so many things to do on the I 18th. I don't know where to, where to start. I know. I know. There's a lot going on. So you got the Pride Festival in Portland on the 18th. You know, again, that's the that's the parade, all the events for the whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. It really it, it is a very cool event if you've never been to it there in Portland. And the week leading up to it, there's a number right. of events throughout. To uh, Right. Know. There's no shortage of things going yeah. on in Portland leading up to and during this event. Um, but a great chance to get into Portland, um, you know, experience the community. And also uh, support a sort of really good cause. And then we've got the Sea Dogs finishing up a homestand. They're actually then going on the road for the next two weeks, uh, so they won't be around. So if you can grab some tickets for the uh, for the last game of the weekend, they're there. Uh, otherwise, you're looking at a couple weeks before they come back. I was there a few weeks ago. It was a blast. It's such a fun time to go to, ma- to go to minor league baseball uh, and see these guys who are trying to work their way up to the major leagues. You know, Slugger's always a fun, fun <laughs> character right, to watch. Yeah. You never know what crazy stuff he's going to be up to, whether they're throwing lobsters or he's driving an ATV around the field. Yeah, the in-between innings, you know, events for the kids to get them on yep. the field and, you know, tell, you know, get pictures taken and just mom and dad seeing them and, yeah. you know, sharing my, that info. My kids have never been so happy to run as when they got to go run the bases. Awesome. Awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, following all the uh, events of June 18th, uh, <laughs> then we unwind and hopefully get to put our feet up for Father's Day, June 19th. So yep. just a reminder that Father's Day is the following weekend, next weekend, exactly. Sunday, so, so June 18, uh, 19th. All those kids looking for last minute gifts, grab the lawnmower, let dad take the weekend off. Uh, again, hopefully we've got some nice weather so we can enjoy it. Do you guys have any uh, like standard plans every year, things you do for Father's Day? Uh, we don't, no. And, you know, it's, it's really just... You know, let me relax for a little bit yeah. until uh, I have the, the the rest of the list to do at home that right. uh, I probably, you know, took some time off of getting to. Yeah. <laughs> Father's Day is tricky because there's always like things I either want to be doing or feel like I should be doing. So, you know, we end up doing something fun and then, uh, you know, we kind of get back to life. But it's a uh, it's a good weekend. Well, that was a heck of a show. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, Jeff Lee was phenomenal. Really appreciate him stopping by. I know we've got to wrap up. Do we have any plans for next week's show? We're talking to our friends there at uh, White's Point to White's see if Point. we can get them to come back and talk a little bit about their latest investment. They bought a 30, uh, 31 unit, I believe, down in uh, Georgia. Uh, they've now owned for a little while. Awesome, awesome. Well, great show again. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.